Welcome to the Lose Your Cravings podcast, taking a different approach to reducing your cravings once and for all with your host, Kisa Amaro, Certified Integrative Health Coach. And welcome back, my friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, and I help ambitious women reduce their cravings without deprivation or complicated meal plans so they can show up fully in their life and their career. And today I have a very special guest on the show, and that is Claire Ashton. And we are going to be talking about exercise myths. So through this episode, we're going to be breaking free from exercise myths, and we're going to learn how to embrace ease and enjoyment in fitness. And Claire is a body image and eating coach and personal trainer. She is passionate about women taking back control of their relationship with food and their bodies so they can embrace life fully now and have the confidence to achieve their goals and their dreams. Her mission is to help women be confident in their own skin so they can step up to be seen, heard, and successful. And I love that last line, to be seen, heard, and successful, because like when I when I initially read your bio, Claire, um, like that line spoke to me so much because I feel like before when I was in like the diet world and like the like I, I didn't like my body. And so there were so many times when I would like try and hide, like I would try and hide my body, whether it was like a body part, like my butt or my thighs or my belly. It was just like just hiding and just like that that ability now to like be seen and just be okay with like showing up as I am like I think that's so powerful so welcome Claire to the show it's great to have you here thank you awesome well tell us a little bit about you and your journey um, and kind of what led you to um, what you do today so I was a dancer when I was growing up and when I went through puberty, my body shape changed as it does and it didn't fit into that dancing world. So I was considered to be uh, too too big, but also too short. Um, mm. And so I stopped dancing and I didn't exercise then for probably about five years or so. Um, and I rediscovered exercise in my early 20s when I joined a gym. Um, and my sister said, oh, I, I go to a gym. You should, you should try a gym. They, they look, they're quite fun. So um, I joined a gym close to my first job um, when I graduated as a nurse and completely fell in love with that gym world. So, so much so that I qualified in my late 20s as a personal trainer. And at the time, my philosophy was definitely, uh, you know, the no pain, no gain, go hard, go home mentality. Um, and I ate a really strict diet and I worked out really hard and I thrived on a schedule. And it was all very, very tight and very controlled and tough on myself. Um, and I, um, I have four children, three pregnancies, because there's twins at the end. Um, and two of my pregnancies were considered really high risk and I had to stop um, exercising completely. But as soon as I could post birth, I started exercising again. To my detriment with my twin pregnancy, which is my last pregnancy, uh, where years later I ended up having to have um, surgery because I damaged myself by exercising um, too oh, soon. Wow. Yeah. So um, in 2016, I was still doing this this lifestyle. Um, I was very close to burnout and I had um, a freak accident during 
an extreme assault course and I ended up in a wheelchair and my life as I knew it was completely turned upside down everything I did in my life had changed and um when the surgeon stood at the end of my bed and talked about if I would ever walk again not not when I would walk again but if I would ever walk again, I felt that I'd completely lost my identity. Mm. Um, So two major surgeries, um, intense physiotherapy, and 12 months later, um, so 12 months and two weeks to be exact, I walked again. Um, And my philosophy on life in general, but especially exercise, is now completely different. So Mm. I definitely set goals and I definitely challenged myself but there is a lot more patience with myself and there's a lot more enjoyment. And it's what we were, you know, you were saying right at the beginning about, about being seen and about hiding. And I think I hid behind maybe the persona of what I was. And then I didn't have that anymore. And actually it gave me a freedom to, to maybe be me um, Mm. as well. So um, yeah, so that's, that's my story. And that's how I went from, from there to, to where I am now. Wow. I did not realize that. Yeah, oh I keep it gosh. quite, especially because you already have seen me sitting down, you see. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. I I find it so interesting because I, our, we do have similar stories. Like, I was a dancer. I was mm-hmm. short and not, not stick skinny like, you know, dancers were, especially mm-hmm. back in, when we were growing up. Um. And I also, too, like not as horrific by any means or like as, you know, I don't want to say horrific, but like as serious of an injury as you. But I did have a very um, difficult birth with my daughter, like that birthing process. Mm -hmm. And I was in the hospital for a while and I had a very slow recovery and it was not anything like I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And that that was the moment when I looked at exercise differently. Mm. Like it was, it's kind of like similar, like you had this experience where it kind of forced you to look at exercise differently. Cause that's, I mean, that's how I felt. Like I wasn't able to go do the things that I had been able to do. And so I had to, it's almost like, yeah, it forced me to look at things differently. Yeah, I had to stop and yeah. and look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what is the purpose of exercise? Like, why should we even exercise? So there are so many mm-hmm. um, immediate and long-term benefits of uh, regular exercise. Um, so to name a few, uh exercise reduces the risk of major illnesses such as heart disease stroke diabetes and osteoarthritis so it's really great for future proofing our lives Mm -hmm. but right now that's not really a a big deal for us that's things that might happen in the future but exercise has got immediate um, benefits as well so it can strengthen our bones and our muscles so it improves our ability to do everyday tasks and activities and i think we don't think about that that you know I don't know, going for that, doing that yoga session is actually helping you then being able to touch the floor and pick things up off the floor or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I had my accident, 
I was so grateful for my upper body strength because it was that that helped me maneuver from my bed to my wheelchair. Mm. And without having without having that strength, I I didn't wouldn't have been able to have any of my independence getting from my bed to my chair. Um, mm. So it's just in that way, you just think, oh, you know, what are the everyday, um, what are the everyday benefits? Well, there's one right there. It helps you with your everyday activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also means these days that I can carry more bags when I go shopping so I can buy more things. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there's, you know, there's also, you, you know, it helps reduce stress. Um, and actually, it's funny, but exercise can actually boost your mood as it stimulates some brain chemicals called endorphins. And sometimes mm-hmm. we call them like the happy hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically that's what happens. So it helps us it it helps us to feel happier and actually less stressed. Awesome. Um, and weirdly, and I always say this to people and they always look at me funny, um, it, exercise can actually give you more energy. Mm. And that's because that when we exercise, um, like the blood's pumping around our body and um, blood carries like oxygen and nutrients and it goes to our heart and lungs and makes that whole cardiovascular system more efficient. Um, And it just it can really give you more energy. And it also bizarrely with giving you more energy, it can help your sleep get better Mm. and it can improve your self-esteem. So what's the purpose of exercise? Well, apart from all those things, I think it's just because our bodies were made just to enjoy and to move. Um, and however you do that, if you have, you know, if you were like me and you're in a chair and you couldn't you couldn't move your legs, I, I can move my upper body. And I, I talk um, with my hands all the time, um, which is useful um, that I didn't have an arm injury um, because, yeah, <laughs> it's just, you know, we can use our bodies in, in so many ways. So, mm-hmm. um I would say, yeah, that's that's why we should do it. Um, mm. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you break down kind of like that future, like the future reasons, but then also that immediate, like the immediate results that we get and benefits yeah. that we get yeah. from exercise. And I also love that you did not mention at all by any means like weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why I have you on this podcast because <laughs> I know your philosophy and yeah. and and what you share and how you work with clients. So, because um, I think like I know for me before going through this process, like when I used to work out, it was to maintain, manipulate my weight. Of course, whether it be yeah. to like lose weight or maintain it or you know what. And I never, I never ever saw the benefits of like improving my mood or having more energy Mm. or helping me sleep or, Mm. you know, creating that, like that self-esteem. So I think it's, it's, it's so important for people to know like the benefits of exercise that are not attached to our weight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So what are some common, because we're going to talk about myths. So what are some common Mm. myths you hear from clients or just in conversation about exercise? So there are three main myths that I hear either, you know, in the playground or I'm picking my kids up from school or, you know, when I'm out in the shops or in the gym or when um, I'm training clients, just like generally, there are three main ones I hear all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first one is the only exercise that counts makes you hurt or gets Mm -hmm. you completely breathless. So think about what I said earlier about the, like the no pain, no gain. Yeah. Um, so you know if it doesn't if it doesn't hurt it doesn't work so that's that's the first one 
Um, I think the second one is definitely you need to spend hours in the gym or doing exercise for it to count and to be effective. So, you know, you've, you see the people who are there, in the gym for hours and I'm like in and out in like half an hour, 45 minutes and um, they're still there on the same machine. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the third main one um, is the lifting weights, as especially as a female, makes you bulky or mm. over muscly. Okay. So I think of of the of all the myths, and there are, there are lots of myths out there. Um, they're the three main ones, I would say. Okay, yeah, I've heard those, and yeah, awesome. I'm so glad we're going to talk about this. So, um, let's talk about the no pain, no gain mm -hmm. uh, mindset around exercise. Um, and you already said it's a myth, so we know it's not necessarily true. Um, <laughs> So tell us a little more about that. Like, do you have to feel the burn? Do you have to sweat? Um, do you have to be sore the next day? Go hard or go home in order to see results from exercise? No, so totally not at all. Okay. So no pain, no gain basically means that suffering is necessary in order to achieve something. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's literally what it means so there's a difference between discomfort such as you know i'm mm. feeling a bit of a burn because i've done quite a lot of squats to actual pain which could indicate an injury now our bodies are really really clever we never give our bodies enough credit um for how clever they actually are so that discomfort that i talked about you know if you've done three sets of of 10 squats and you know by that third set you can you can feel that discomfort that's something called lactic acid and it's just it's just produced um, from the muscles and it's absolutely normal. And as soon as we stop doing that squat, um, it will go away. Um, okay. And that's absolutely normal. Mm -hmm. Pain is a warning sign that something is wrong. So if you're mm -hmm. doing, let's keep with the example of the squats. If you're doing some squats and you're suddenly getting shooting pain down your leg or up your back or your knee starts hurting... Mm -hmm. that's you shouldn't carry on that's not a let's push through this let's you know go hard or go home there's going to be no gain from that pain there's just going to be injury so you know pain's a warning sign mm, that something okay. is wrong okay now don't get me wrong i can finish a workout and i'll be purple in the face i don't i go beyond red um i can be sweaty this is the good thing about having my own gym so i'm the only person in it sometimes um i'm breathless you know I can mm -hmm. be all of those things. And sometimes I can have a little bit of muscle soreness the next day, mm -hmm. especially if, for example, I've, um, I was laughing with a client last week because she said, oh, I had a, I had a bit of um, a bit of soreness when we last week in my legs. So I said, oh, actually, so did I in the back of my leg because um, I must have gone heavier you know, on one side with my squats or something. We were laughing about it. Mm -hmm. Every now and again, that is going to happen. And it might be because I've increased my weights or um, – uh, for that particular exercise or I hadn't worked that that muscle group for whatever reason um, but it isn't my goal to have pain it isn't my goal um, to be red sweaty and breathless that I can't breathe all the time and it mm. isn't what happens after every every workout and I think right. that you know okay. what we were saying earlier about um, you know you're I didn't I didn't talk about weight loss being a benefit of exercise because mm -hmm. it isn't. But I think that also in that whole culture is that exercise was sometimes or is sometimes seen as as um 
that we have to do it in order to um, make up for something else. So like mm. exercise is not a punishment for something we've eaten or something we've done or even something we haven't done. You know, exercise is is not, you know, there was no correlation, correlation between I think that I ate too many calories yesterday. So therefore today I need to go and kill myself in the gym and end up with a knee injury. Mm. Um, you know, that that's not how it works. So mm -hmm. there's absolute absolutely set some goals and um you can you know you can set some goals and you can improve on them and whatever else but the get the, the aim of exercise is not to give you an injury and is not to um not to have this no pain no gain mm. the aim of exercise is what i said earlier is all those other benefits that come from it right okay okay yeah and i think that's so important to kind of bring in that idea of you know, we like exercise is not a punishment. It's not, mm, it's mm. not like, cause I think that's a lot of people approach exercise. I know I did um, approach exercise as like, well, I ate ice cream last night, so I need to, you know, run extra or, you know, be in the gym extra or, you know, do something extra yeah, via absolutely. exercise. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily this like healthy relationship. Um so how can this no pain, no gain mindset negatively affect people in their progress? So if you think that if every time you exercised, mm -hmm. it made you suffer either the during or afterwards, you're going, you're, 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 as I said, our bodies are clever. Your brain mm. is going to, to have a negative relationship with mm. exercise and you're going to get put off doing it quite quickly and you know your brain will do things like okay so um she's going to do exercise again so basically um i'm going to try and put her off so i'm gonna suddenly like make her think about different things like all oh, the house really needs cleaning or um you know i've suddenly got to finish this this piece of work um and hand it into my boss or whatever it might be so yeah it, it, the mindset of no pain no gain takes all the fun and all the enjoyment out of the exercise that we're doing. Mm. And also, you know, if you keep getting injured because you keep, you know, keep pushing through the pain. And um, I, I've heard before that um, there's a, a there's some funny sayings about sweat, but sweat is um, your body's um, fat crying and leaving the body and everything else. No, no, no. Sweat, sweat is actually just because, you know, but it's ridiculous the things that I've heard. Probably I might have said as well, and you know, yeah, yeah. years ago. Um, sweat is just what happens because your body is warm and it's getting rid of fluid. That that's what mm -hmm. sweat is. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you know, if you get injured because you keep pushing through the the pain, you actually could end up going backwards in your goals or have mm. to stop completely. So mm. obviously. Um, you know, if you've got, a, you know, I had a shoulder injury last year due to something. If I'd have pushed through that pain in my shoulder and kept exercising and kept lifting weights and kept doing things, um, then actually it would have completely, I would have gone backwards in my goal. So whatever my goal may have been, it would have had to, I would have to completely stop. I could end up with lifelong injuries mm -hmm. um, just because I tried to, you know, keep pushing through the, through the pain. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, Thinking of a different example, if you, you know, say you've got a goal to run 10K, but you hurt your ankle after one week, if you don't stop and heal, you're going to end up doing long-term damage. And you might never even achieve 1K, let alone 10. And that, that can end up being like really demotivating and off-putting. 
And then you're going to want to stop exercising altogether, which is so sad because there mm -hmm. is so much fun to be gained from exercise. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. So um, the the burnout is what I'm what I'm hearing, like or in that negative yeah. association of like, yeah. and I've never thought of it that way of like, when I'm always going hard in the gym, I always have to go to like this fatigue and like, I'm like, so out of breath. I'm sore. I'm lying on the floor after mm. my workout that I create this negative association with mm. working out. And therefore, I'm trying to find these excuses of like, let's do the laundry instead of work out. Absolutely. Or yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm laughing, but like, it's like, I've been there, you know, like, I, mm. I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, yeah, I see it now. Um, so yeah, definitely the the no pain, the no gain. So what is another approach um, our listeners can take if they're struggling with like this no pain, no gain to help them still get results, but not burn out or learn to hate exercise? So I think there are there are several approaches mm -hmm. um, that that we can take. So and it's really it's which approach feels right to you. So mm. rather than measuring your progress with how much you hurt the next day, uh, you could keep a note of, um, you know, how much you lifted uh, and how many reps for it. So, for example, you know, recently you were consistently able to do three sets of eight reps of bicep curls. But today mm -hmm. you totally smashed three sets of 10 reps. Okay. Um or maybe you manage to increase from three kilograms to four kilograms um, with your dumbbells. So um, I'm trying to work that out in pounds, but let's say um, seven to nine pounds. You went from seven mm -hmm. pounds to nine pounds um, with your dumbbells. So mm -hmm. it's it's keeping a measure um, of that progress. So, um, you know, you could even, you can use, I've got an app on my phone or to open the notes on my phone or um, you see some people in the gym with like little notebooks um, mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, keeping their progress that, that way. And that's really, mm -hmm. really good to go back and go, you know, actually, you know, three months ago I was lifting like two pounds and, you know, I couldn't do three sets of eight. Now, actually, this is, look at this, this is brilliant. I can now like do six pounds, three sets of 10. And it's mm -hmm. just, being able to then look back and see your progress in that way is, you know, is really, really good. And so another example might be, if we're not uh, talking about weights, is that there's something in um, in the UK called the couch to 5K. So I presume that you probably have something similar. Um, and basically what it means is that it's, it's a program of over about eight to 10 weeks where it gets you off your couch and eventually um, jogging or running 5K, so five kilometers. And... Um, it's it's a progressive thing so they start you start with walking and then maybe you might jog for a minute and that's that that's another really really good example of how you can do it so it might be that you know two weeks ago you jogged for five minutes and walked for 10 minutes mm -hmm. but actually today you you just realize that you've jogged for like 10 minutes and only walked for five again so it's just it's seeing what that progress is mm -hmm. um, and just keeping like a little note of it um, and you're still getting results, but you're looking at it in a different way. So, um, it's just, so that's a measuring your progress is, is I think it's really, really good way, but also making sure that you have rest days and the importance about this. And I can say this from somebody who never used to have rest days because I thought I was some sort of like, I don't know, I was a failure if I had a rest day mm -hmm. is it's really important to allow your body to recover. 
So exercising every day is actually counterintuitive. And again, as I said, it can, it can lead back to injury. But what you do on your rest day is that you're, you're you can have, you know, rest days, however many rest days you want, but um, I'd say at least two a week where you're, you're recovering, you're, you could just be like moving around as your as your normal day, but you're not actually doing anything that would consider like actual exercise. And it just means that your muscles have chance to just recover and relax. And then the next time you go and do exercise, they're nice and recovered and you can start again. Mm-hmm. So having rest days is really good. And that's going to help okay. you learn to, to not hate exercise. Mm-hmm. I think a big, big one um, is find exercise that you enjoy. Mm. So before my accident, I used to run and I hated it. I hated every single moment of it and I couldn't wait for it to be over. Mm-hmm. And um, people would say, oh, we used to run quite fast. And I was like, yeah, I used to run quite fast because the quicker I ran, the quicker mm-hmm. it was over. And it was just yep. like, but my progress was actually slow. So yeah, I could run quite fast, but I never got more than about you know, seven to eight K. I never got to that 10 K because I just, it, I just hated it so much. Um, and I'd feel a sense of dread and I was like, tying up my shoelaces and I just feel, oh, I've got to go out and, and, you know, and run again. Mm-hmm. But if you put me on a spin bike, it's a completely different matter. So I sweat, I get breathless, I go purple in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally, you know, totally, totally go mad with it. But it's so much fun and I can see my progress because yeah. I look forward to it and I enjoy it. Um, I don't take myself too seriously with it. Um, I just find, I just absolutely love it. So that I can definitely see how I've progressed, especially once I could start. So going on a bike was uh, a static bike was actually the first way that they got me to, to get me out of my chair. Um, oh, so wow. I wasn't very keen on the bike then, but um, <laughs> I love it now. Um, but it's just, yeah, you give me a different type of exercise and I'm completely there. Now, if you think, mm-hmm. well, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I even like any exercise at all. Then just try mm-hmm. everything. So yeah. try everything. So with the exception of walking, which I'll happily do with other people, I, I'm, I prefer to exercise alone. So um, group sports don't thrill me mm-hmm. at all. Probably wouldn't want to do them. But for other people, having that social aspect and that teamwork and that, um, you know, camaraderie that working together can really motivate people. So I'd say try all the classes, try the gym, try outside, try, try everything. Mm-hmm. Try dancing around your kitchen with your kids or, or whatever it might be. Try everything. And then that's going to help you get your results, help you learn to find that exercise that you like. Um, and I said with the other things, measuring your progress so that you don't get to burnout. I love it. Thank you so much. That's awesome. I, and I love like, look, I just think of it as like looking at data, like yeah. as far as like yeah. your reps or like your weights or, you yeah. know, how far you're running versus walking or jogging. And um, I, I love that. I love that idea. Um, so let's look at the idea that you have to spend hours working out in order for it to count. Um, I know I've worked with some women who were long distance athletes in their earlier mm-hmm. years and then life happened. They had kids, um, demanding job, and they didn't have that time. They didn't have like hours, you know, some of them were spending yeah. hours, like three hours a day to dedicate to their training. And they felt like if they didn't get in like that three hour training time, then what's the point? It didn't really mm. count. 
So tell us about this myth that you need to spend hours working out in order for it to count and for you to see results. So I think the first thing I would always say to someone who mm -hmm. comes to me and says that is, what are you training for? Mm. So so when women come to me with a goal such as running a marathon, which still makes me laugh because I'm the the, the, the running hater, but I still, I'm very good at training people for marathons. Um, we're going to build up to some really long practice runs because we have to, because they're running a marathon at 26.2 miles or whatever it is. They're mm. going to be running for a long time. So we are eventually going to be building up to some long practice runs. It's, so it's inevitable for the goal that they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. What my clients will also tell you is that in this training program, there are some 20-minute jogs, there are some 20-minute walks, um, and there are also some strength training sessions, which might be between 20 to 30 minutes. And there are also rest days. Mm. So although, yes, if you're doing this, so if your goal is to do something like run a marathon, we're going to have to do some long exercise sessions. Mm -hmm. There's also the benefit of doing short ones. Mm -hmm. And I think the the second question I'd ask is, what is the intensity of your training session? Now, I can quite happily go for a hike for a few hours. Um, there's not many hills in London, so um, I'm not I'm not going up hills all the time. Um, but I can, you know, but there's a few slopes. I can go for a hike with my friend for a few hours. I can go on my spin bike for an hour. And that's absolutely fine. But I wouldn't do that every day. But I also mm. wouldn't lift weights for a few hours per session. Mm. And I think, you know, that's because overtraining can lead to fatigue. It can mm. lead to it can actually lead to decreased performance. And people that will be like, I'm doing it for longer than surely I'm going to get better. Well, no, not necessarily, because first of all, Practice, unfortunately, doesn't make perfect. Practice right. makes permanent, and you can practice something wrong. I um, love that. But, <laughs> um, but aside from that, um, yeah, it actually causes you to have decreased performance and, again, an increased risk of injury. So it's actually generally recommended to vary the intensity and duration of your workouts, um, no matter what you're exercising for, mm, so to okay. allow for proper recovery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. And I know I like I, you talked about the marathon. I'm one of those crazy people who has run um, <laughs> not one, but two. After the second one, I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I don't need any more of this. <laughs> um, but it, it was so interesting because I, I joined like, I'm like, how am I going to run a marathon? I have no clue. So I joined a running club mm. and they were training for this specific marathon. And it was so interesting because yes, we did long runs, but we also did like sprints, like short, mm -hmm. like sprints mm -hmm. and we did like hills that were longer and i'm sorry shorter in length like the time we were trained for it is much shorter and in my mind i'm kind of like how does this work i don't mm -hmm. like i don't get how i'm going to be running 26.2 miles when i'm just like doing these short sprints but it works like mm -hmm. it like i ran three times a week and that's it <laughs> like no more than that and it was like two shorter like training days and then one like yes of course you're going to do a long yeah, run one. but yeah but yeah it was just it it, it it makes sense right now that I've done it but at the time I'm like is this gonna work like <laughs> not sure about this but yeah like you definitely need those days off you need those yeah. days to recover and it doesn't just because you're doing a long distance sport or a um an endurance sport doesn't mean you need to be spending hours and hours and hours every day mm. doing that mm. thing. Um, 
so yeah awesome um if someone is struggling with mindset like around exercise what is one thing they can do to help them shift their perspective around the time you spend working out so like it's just like one tip if like someone's like but i need to i've always done this i need mm. to like what's that that one one thing they can do to help shift their perspective so i think they need or you need to ask yourself why do you feel like this why do you feel that you should be training for two mm -hmm. to three hours each time mm -hmm. what is it that you think you're going to miss if you don't train for two, three hours a time, what do you think that you're going to gain if you're training for two out of three at a time? And also, if you don't work out for two, three hours each time, what else can you do? So mm. if you're, you know, if you are, if you're exercising regularly, like, you know, not just once a week, but more than, you know, more regularly than that for two, three hours each time, and you're not getting the results that you want, the training isn't right. So as women, if something isn't working, we think it's our fault. So, you know, if mm -hmm. the diet didn't work, we didn't try hard enough or we didn't have enough willpower. Um, so whatever your fitness goal might be, if the training isn't right, you're never going to reach your goal no matter how long you train for each time. And so the one thing I could say is it's it's thinking about quality over quantity. So mm -hmm. let's stick with that marathon training example as you were saying about you were doing your fartlek training, which is the it was just the which is the hills and mm -hmm. um, the, um, the the shorter sprints. Mm -hmm. You know, as well as building up your running time, there are other ways to train. You know, you know, mm -hmm. and that's why you do the sprints. That's why you do um, the the hills, and that's why we do the strength training. Now. If you can spend 30 minutes, say, strength training and ensuring that your form is correct and you're focused, then that's far more beneficial than a two hour leg day where your muscles get so fatigued that your technique starts to go mm. and your form starts to falter or you need so much time between each set of exercises you're doing that your body completely cools down because then that's not benefiting your body. And again, that can lead to injury. So mm -hmm. it's always about the quality of the exercise over the quantity. And so, yeah, I would say quality over quantity every time. And that. if you're not getting the results when you train for that long, it, the training isn't right. Mm. I love, I love like just like the questioning of it and, you know, like, what are you going to miss? What, are, you mm. know, like, mm. Like just because that, that's how that's how I, you know, work with clients. We come from like this very curious point of view and like questioning like why we think this way. And like, mm. you know, it's so helpful when we do that. And I love like this idea of quality versus quantity. Like mm. once again, that goes back to like the food, you know, like <laughs> let's look at the quality of food that we're eating versus like the quantity, you know, and I, I mm. don't like getting into food is much later when I work with clients, but you know, we're, we're always worried about the quantity, like how many calories, how many macros, yep. you know, like yep. 
well, let's look at like what feels good in our body, you know, versus <laughs> like the, just the 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 uh, quantity. Um, yeah, definitely. So so awesome! I love that. Um, so let's shift to weightlifting. Um, I have had conversations with many women who are scared of lifting weights because they believe it will make them bulky. So tell us about that. Will weightlifting make you bulky? And what are the benefits of strength training? So th this is the myth that never seems to die. It this it never mm. dies, this myth. Yeah. Um, and usually because everybody has heard about that one woman who's got really big muscles. And it's like this, yeah. this urban legend that's gone around, I think, the whole Western world. Mm -hmm. And now over the years, and you know, I've been a, I've been a personal trainer for, for 20 years, I've met a few, and I mean a few, so like three to four women who have that big, muscly, bulky look. Yeah. Um, and it's because building muscle actually takes a lot of time and a lot of consistency. So it can be way harder than you think. Mm -hmm. So I've been lifting weights for like, you know, for years and years, and I'm not bulky at all. Um, and actually, if you think about the word bulky, bulky means to take up space. So first mm -hmm. of all, you know, we talked about this earlier, we, you know, come from a place where you want to hide parts of your body, you want to be, feel smaller. And, mm. and there's nothing wrong with taking up space. Right. Absolutely nothing. But actually, we're probably not going to manage that. So muscle is more dense than fat. So if you're building muscle, you're actually going to have, so yeah, so more density, but less bulky because you're actually going to be smaller, not bigger. Mm. Now, there's, um, there's a hormone that most of us have heard of called testosterone. Mm -hmm. And we associate it with men because, you know, usually it, it's, it's men who have it, but women have small amounts too. Mm -hmm. But it's testosterone that is super, super important in the capacity to grow muscle. And as women, we just don't have enough of it. So we do not have enough testosterone in our body yeah. to be able to have these big, mm -hmm. bulky muscles. So, yeah. you know, going back to these women I, I, these women I mentioned who I, I've met over the years, they're, they're all bodybuilders. And I don't know this for sure, but they were probably using supplements such as testosterone and steroids to help them achieve their look. And I know um, that they're um, but a friend in the bodybuilding world, and I know there's lots of rules around it, but they definitely use, use supplements as women to help them achieve their look. But they mm. also, they have a very, very high protein and high calorie diet. Mm. And I just, you know, I looked at what my friend eats sometimes when she's training for a competition, I'm just like, I don't even eat that in a week. I just, right. I just couldn't. I don't know. <laughs> my stomach's not that big. Um, right, right. And it's just, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. she also trains and they all train over, they train very hard over a long period of time. For some of them, even years. Yeah. So um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen a bodybuilder, but not many of them are 21. You know, right. it's yeah. something that they usually you think, oh, bodybuilders are usually quite an old. They're, they're usually older, and it's because mm -hmm. they've had to build it up over over a period of time. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that that's really why um, mm -hmm. that that we're not going to be able to do it. So, yes, you're always going to meet somebody. Um, mm -hmm. We all know that urban legend of, you know, my neighbor's hairdresser's boyfriend's dog's friend's sister is really big. <laughs> right. um, we never actually know that person in real life, yeah. do we? But, um, yeah. but that's why. So absolutely, there are people mm -hmm. and you can do it mm -hmm. with consistency with your diet and consistency um, with your exercise, consistency with using your supplements. But for the average women 
we're not ever going to get like that. Yeah. So, um, so obviously there are benefits of strength training, you know, Mm -hmm. um, as well. And it's, we're not going to get big muscles, but it's not just, you know, I had mentioned earlier, as I said, as, as a little joke earlier that, um, that, I can carry more shopping um, yes. because I've got upper body strength. So it's not all about, you know, carrying more shopping. Um, but as we age, we naturally start to lose muscle mass and bone density. Mm. And this usually starts once we hit about 30. And I don't think that when I was 30, I realized that I thought, oh, yeah, it'll happen when like, I'm in my 60s or something. But actually, yeah, it happens as it starts to happen when we hit 30. So mm. if we're doing regular strength training, we can help combat this muscle loss and this bone density loss. And we can strengthen our joints as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're doing, you know, regular strength training, it can also help with our flexibility. So, you know, I said about, you know, being able to um, like touch your toes, like reaching something off the floor. Um, and research is now saying that um, strength training is just as, as effective as um, like cardio training to improve our cardiovascular health. Mm. So we were talking, you know, about cardio is like things like um, running or walking or cycling or swimming or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, um, so, yes. Yeah, so now actually research is saying it's just as beneficial. You're still going to see the benefits mm. um, from weight training, which is which is really good. Um, but I think it's also fab for mental health, too, as we can see the progress I said about being able to measure your progress is is really, really good. And you can do that with strength training. Um and it's really versatile. So you actually, you don't have to lift weights. Um, and in many way, in many gyms, you'll actually find some of these fixed weight machines that can mm-hmm. work different muscle groups. So I think also when you're first, the, the gym's a scary place. So I, I you know, if, I've, if I go to a, a public gym, I'm quite often the only woman in the weight section, in the free weight section. And um, I always like take my my clients straight there um, they first as they work with me so we can get over it immediately. Um, but, you know, there oh, are, um, you know, you've got the men, you know, sweating and, and grunting and mm-hmm. sitting on their phones most of the time. Um, but, yes. yeah, you know, they're not looking at you, by the way. They're looking at themselves mm-hmm. and the man next to them to make sure that they're, they're not looking at you at all. I would say to my ladies... But um, yeah, you don't have to lift weights. So in many gyms that you've got these fixed weights machines. So if you're not confident about how you lift a dumbbell or, or, you know, how you can, you know, lift the barbell or whatever, you can use the fixed weights machines. And there you've usually got more ladies around that section as well. So um, it's, yeah, there's safety in numbers, mm-hmm. but you can also do body weight exercises. So um, that can include things like Pilates um, mm. and yoga. Yoga is amazing um, for, um for like um, strength training mm-hmm. um, and you can use something called resistance bands um, which are basically like big plastic bands um, and they're really great because they're so lightweight you can take them anywhere so I take them on holiday with me um, mm. because they won't affect my luggage allowance I can chuck them that all in true, and you can right? yeah you can get them um, so they're they're basically stretchy stretchy bands made of looks like elastic um Mm -hmm. and they um if you don't know what they are so they're basically you can get them at different strengths so there's one that's really 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 um stretchy which is quite a light one and then as they get stronger they're more difficult to stretch Mm -hmm. but yeah chuck them straight in my suitcase it's not going to affect my 20 kilos of baggage that i'm allowed right um but also you can make um you can make strength training social so you know you can join a class um Mm -hmm. Our, you know, you can have a gym buddy, even if you're not in a gym, um, you know, and that's quite a fun way of like, especially if you're starting to lift weights, like do it together. So you can, you know, yeah, that's right. Or, you know, keep your back straight or whatever else. Um, so even if you, you know, you're not in a gym, you can still have a gym buddy or you can do it on your own. So um, 
there are there are some really great things about strength training, and none of them none of them involve getting bulky muscles. Awesome, I love it. Thank you so much, and you know, thank you so much, Claire, for just being on the podcast. You have shared a wealth of information. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm serious. Like so much valuable information that um, it's just it's so important to know. And to understand, you know, like why we exercise and, mm. and, you know, debunking these myths of, you know, things we think we should be doing and, you know, how do we make exercise something we enjoy? How do we make it sustainable? Um, how do we find longevity with it? Mm. And you have shared all those things with us. So I appreciate you being on here so much, Claire. Um, so how can listeners find out more about you? So um, I am on Instagram. I mm -hmm. also have just delved into TikTok. Um, oh, nice. I'm not very good, um, <laughs> so bear with me. Uh, but if you yeah, look for me at Claire Ashton Coaching, so it's just all one word, Claire Ashton. Claire's got an I and an E. People um, in this country don't always spell my name properly. Um, <laughs> and there's different ways of spelling Claire in the UK. Um, and then coaching just at the end, and you will find me. And I like to share... Um, fun videos quite often of me carrying my puppy um, he's he's my latest um uh, strength training that I'm doing um, <laughs> when he doesn't want to walk home from the park um or yeah fun videos of me with my kids or just exercising and I like to spend time doing what I've done today so you know looking into those myths looking into um the reasons why we think we should exercise or we we should do something um mm. and debunking those and have trying to have a bit of fun along the way so um that's where you can find me Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I follow, I follow you on Instagram and I will attest like your videos are awesome. I love your <laughs> videos. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Go check out Claire. I will have her, um, information in the show notes. So her TikTok and Instagram handles there and yeah, it was so great. Uh, talking with you today, Claire, thank you so much for being on the podcast until thank next you. time. Um, have a wonderful week and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye y'all.